You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. Yeah, you believe because you see. And then Jesus said, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. I've never seen Jesus. Going to see him one day, but I've never seen him. Here's what Peter writes. Oh, this is so cool. Say this one with me. Come on, everybody say it and think about it while we say it. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. Isn't that tremendous? Throughout the New Testament, we see historical accounts of the disciples actually being with Jesus. Can you imagine walking and talking with the physical embodiment of your Savior? Although in most of those accounts, Christ had not yet been crucified, He was still the Son of God. Today, we don't have the privilege of seeing Christ in person. However, this only serves as a way for us to further grow our faith. Jesus is like the wind. We can't see him, but we can see what he does in our lives. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Genesis, chapter 24, as he continues his message, A Bride for Isaac. my master, what if the woman will not come back with me? He said, the Lord before whom I have walked will send his angel with you and make your journey a success so that you can get a wife from my son, from my own clan and from my father's family. Then when you go to my clan, you'll be released from my oath. Even if they refuse to give her to you, you'll be released from my oath. When I came to the spring today, I said, O Lord, God of my master Abraham, if you will, please grant success to the journey on which I have come. See, I'm standing beside the spring. If a maiden comes out to draw water and I say to her, please let me drink a little water from your jar. And if she says uh, to me, drink and I'll draw water for your camels too, let her be the one the Lord has chosen for my master's son. Before I finished praying in my heart, Rebecca came out. With her jar on her shoulder, she went down to the spring, drew water, and I said to her, please give me a drink. She quickly lowered her jar from her shoulder, said, drink, and I'll water your camels too. So I drank, and she watered the camels also, and I asked her, whose daughter are you? Now, I understand, we're reading the story again, but it's the Bible, so come on. Uh, Then uh, she said, the daughter of Bethuel, son of Nahor, whom Milcah bore to him. And then I put the ring in her nose and the bracelets on her arms, and I bowed down and worshipped the Lord. I praised the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, who had led me on the right road to get the granddaughter of my master's brother for his son. Now, if you'll show kindness and faithfulness to my master, tell me, and if not, tell me, so that I may know which way to turn. And Laban and Bethuel answered, this is from the Lord. We can say nothing to you one way or the other. Here's Rebekah. Take her and go. And let her become the wife of your master's son as the Lord has directed. 
When Abraham's servant heard what they said, he bowed down to the ground before the Lord. Then the servant brought out gold and silver jewelry and articles of clothing and gave them to Rebekah. He also gave costly gifts to her brother. You know, he's happy about that. And to her mother. And then he and the men who were with him ate and drank and spent the night there. When they got up the next morning, he said, send me on my way to my master. But her brother, Laban, and her mother replied, let the girl remain with us 10 days or so, then you may go. But he said to them, don't detain me. Now that the Lord has granted success to my journey, send me on my way so that I may go to my master. And they said, let's call the girl and ask her about it. So they called Rebecca and asked her, will you go with this man? And here's what she says. I will go. So they sent their sister Rebecca on her way. Along were the nurse and Abraham's servant and his men. And they blessed Rebekah and they said to her, Our sister, may you increase to thousands upon thousands. May your offspring possess the gates of their enemies. Then Rebekah and her maids got ready and mounted their camels and went back with the man. So the servant took Rebekah and left. It's a great story. Well, that's not the end of it. Verse 62, before I read it, we have not seen Isaac since Mount Moriah. That's important. Now Isaac had come from Beer Lahai, Roy, for he was living in the Negev, and he went out to the field one evening to meditate. And as he looked up, he saw camels approaching. Rebekah also looked up and saw Isaac. She got down from her camel and asked the servant, who is that man in the field coming to meet us? He is my master, the servant answered. So she took her veil and covered herself. And then the servant told Isaac all he had done. Isaac brought her into the tent of his mother, Sarah, and he married Rebekah. So she became his wife, and he loved her. And Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. No waiting for the honeymoon. No long engagement. What a love story. That's all. You can go home. Let me throw you a little something, uh, first of all, practically speaking. Uh, how many of you are single here? How many of you are single? Look how many single people are here tonight. Wow, that's amazing. Okay, put your hands down. How many parents of at least one single child? How many parents of at least one single child? Okay, listen up. Both parents, both parents and uh, singles, listen. There's some practical things here. I'm just going to go quickly on these, okay? I'm going to go quickly on these. Uh, parents, pray for your child's future spouse. Seriously. Oh, God, oh, God, may you lead them to the one that you have for them, all right? Um, Keep yourself pure for the mate God has for you. You're here single tonight? Keep yourself pure. Sexual immorality is wrong because it, it see, the whole picture of the marriage relationship uh, is a picture of Christ in the church. That's why sex outside of holy matrimony is sin, okay? That's why it's sin. Keep yourself pure for the mate uh, God has for you. You're going to have to develop and maintain self-control, take cold showers, do whatever you got to do. Keep yourself pure. Don't choose a mate from Canaan. Now, you know what I mean? That's spiritually speaking. 
Not, not just if they go to church with you. You know, you want, you want to hear them pray. You want to know they read the word and they hear the word. and they, You want to know they know Jesus, all right? All right? To make sure they... Not, I've seen so many people just duped, you know, because the guy or the gal goes to church with them. And then, and then they end up marrying them and find out after they got married, they don't know God. They don't know God at all. Don't choose a mate from Canaan. Look for someone with godly character. Now, if you expect to get somebody who's godly, you better become godly. There's a whole lot less chance to get somebody who's godly if you're not godly. And they get somebody that's willing to leave father and mother. All right? And last thing, and I'm, I told you, I'm giving you these quickly, quickly, quickly. But listen, realize no human made is perfect except Jesus. Jesus is the only, only, he's the only perfect spouse. You think you got, you think you got a perfect one? I don't know how many, maybe a few hours it'll take you after marriage and you'll realize that's, that's just not true. That's just not true. But now, look, that's some practical things, and you can get this right from the story, right from the story, all right? And that's biblical. But here's the bigger picture in the story, much bigger picture. I already mentioned, and I think we know, Isaac is a type. You know what I mean by type, a representation, uh, his life, uh, his conception, uh, and all that, and his... uh, willingness to be offered at the sacrifice on Mount Moriah. He's a type of Christ. He speaks of Christ. All right. That's clear. Very clear. The servant, I'm convinced the servant in the story that's sent now to get a bride for Isaac is a type of the Holy Spirit. I'm convinced of that. It's interesting, again, his name is never mentioned in this story. It's probably Eliezer that uh, Abraham mentioned earlier. Remember when uh, God tries to encourage him that they are going to indeed have a child, he and Sarah. Uh, and he says, Abraham says to God, well, my heir's going to be this Eliezer of Damascus, this guy that's serving in my household. And God says, no, he's not going to be the one. He's not going to be the one. So it's probably Eliezer, but his name is not mentioned. Now, that's interesting. Because Eliezer means God of help or helper. And catch this. Say this with me. Ready? When he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. He'll bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. I believe the servant's the type of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, his job is to glorify the Father and glorify Jesus, not to glorify himself. Catch this. Rebecca is a humble servant. I could spend time on that, but I just want to say, look, uh, Rebecca, she's the bride. Who does she represent? The church. Just a couple of quick verses. Be completely humble and gentle. That's what God expects of his bride. Uh, Serve one another humbly in love, Galatians 5, 13. The church, you and me. The virginity of the bride, that's very interesting. And the Holy Spirit notes for us in the story that she's a virgin. She's a virgin. Listen to this one. I am jealous for you, Paul says, with a godly jealousy. I promised you to one husband to Christ so that I might present you as a pure virgin to him. But I'm afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. That's the challenge. 
Her virginity in the real life story of Isaac and Rebecca, her virginity is a spiritual lesson for us that we need to be devoted to Christ. Devoted to Christ. Keep ourselves pure for him. Because look, we're not, technically, we're not married yet in the sense of the physical union. Are you, are you with me? All right, we're going to come back to that in a minute, I think. Uh, Rebecca agrees to marry Isaac before she ever sees him. Isn't that interesting? I mean, what a story. What a clear picture. Just, just as clear as the picture of Abraham taking Isaac up on Mount Moriah. It's the picture of the cross and the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And this is such a clear picture, too. Rebecca agrees to marry Isaac before she ever sees him. Remember, the guy was dubbed Doubting Thomas, one of the 12 apostles. Because when the other guys told him that Jesus was alive, he says, unless I see him and, and touch him and put my hands in the, the wounds, I won't believe. And then finally he got the opportunity and he fell and he said, oh, my God, my Savior, my God. And Jesus said to him, yeah, you believe because you see. And then Jesus said, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. I've never seen Jesus. I'm going to see him one day, but I've never seen him. Here's what Peter writes. Oh, this is so cool. Say this one with me. Come on, everybody say it and think about it while we say it. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. Isn't that tremendous? There's another significant part of the story, and that's the gifts the servant brings. Why gifts? It's kind of like a deposit. It's kind of like a, hey, we mean business here. We're not playing around. This is, I mean, we really have uh, an offer for you that is, that, is, that is real, that is substantial. All right? And here's, here's the gifts. That, that's the deposit. Now, there's a lot of verses on this. Oh, these are cool. Listen. 2 Corinthians 1. Now it's God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Listen to this one, 2 Corinthians 5.5. 5. Now it's God who has made us for this very purpose and has given us the spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Says it again. I love this one too. Ephesians 1, one of my favorites. And you were also included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory, to the praise of his glory. I mean, it, it's, it's not like we have to wonder, is it really going to happen? Am I really going to see Jesus? Am I going to really get a new body? Am I really going to live with him forever and ever and ever? Absolutely. Because he's given us the deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. Woo. Woo. But there's another great part of the story. The journey to meet the bridegroom. I don't know how much you can appreciate this. It was 450 miles on a camel. On a camel. Listen, did, I, did, you, did you catch? I just said it's on a camel. 450 miles on a camel. What's the point? It's a long way. 
What's the point? What do you think the conversations were like with the servant all that way? What's he like? The guy I'm going to marry. The guy I committed to by faith without even seeing him. Okay? What's he like? And what does he like? And tell me about him. Oh, and his father. What a, uh, and, and, and can you, I mean, there had to be all those stories. I mean, the miraculous conception, et cetera, et cetera, the father, Abraham. I mean, and it's, it's just all this. I mean, 450 miles on a camel. There's a lot of questions. There's a lot of conversation. And on the way, that 450-mile journey, listen to me, listen. By the time Rebecca got there, she knew him. She knew him. She knew him. She knew him. Folks, listen. It's absolutely, you don't have to make this up. It's just right there. This represents our journey of faith. That's what it represents. What's he like? I want to know him. Well, we have the Holy Spirit. And the words the Holy Spirit inspired because he knows. He knows what he's like. And he reveals to us what he's like so that we don't have to get there and go, wow, I'm surprised. You know, I didn't know that. And I didn't know. No, we learn about him. We learn about the one that we've committed to by faith so that when we see him, we see him. Oh, it's going to be glorious. I'm not saying it's not going to be glorious. But listen, it's not like we get there and we go, I didn't really know you. No, we, we, no, you know him. And we get to know him more. What a privilege. Isn't that a privilege? Can't you just say, come on, let's thank the Lord. What a privilege that, I mean, it's not just, it's not just some blind faith thing. And we go, I wonder what I got myself into here. No, no. We get to know him more and more. The Holy Spirit and the word of God. I know him so much better than I did 15 years ago. I really do. And I see everybody nodding. I hear you. I hear you affirming. You're saying, I, me too. Me too. What a privilege. What a privilege. It's such an easy, I, I just love this story. I mean, it's, it's just, Abraham is the father and he's rich. Man, he's rich. And Isaac is the heir. The sole heir. The miracle child. And Rebecca would become co-heir. Because she's marrying the heir. Is that cool? That's cool. The bride becomes co-heir just by marriage to the heir. It was not through the law that Abraham and his offspring received the promise that he would be heir of the world, but through the righteousness that comes by faith. Heir of the world. <laughs> But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom he made the universe. Paul said to the Corinthian church, because uh, they were fighting and squabbling over a lot of earthly stuff, taking one another to court. And Paul said, what are you fighting over this stuff for? All things are yours. All things. Are yours. I'll give you one more. This is a great one. Let's say this one. Come on. Let's say this one. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. That's just, 
blows my mind. You never get over that. You just can't get over that. You sit around and you think about it and you go, I, you know, I've told you before, I'll tell you, my grandmother didn't leave me one red cent when she died. My mother didn't leave me one red cent. Am I complaining? Absolutely not. They gave me something much more valuable. They passed on their faith. They passed on their faith. And now I'm a joint heir with Christ. Wow. Don't call me Paul. I don't know where that came from. I don't know where that came from. I don't know where that came from. Co-heirs with Christ. And I love this. I'm almost done. The honeymoon began immediately. Don't you love that? We just read it. It was like, he took her into the tent. There's it. Done. Honeymoon begins right away. I love that part of the story. I'm not, trying to be, I'm not trying to be funny. You're laughing. I'm not trying to be funny. Look, laugh when I'm funny. All right? uh, but, I mean, it just, let me read you. Let me read you Revelation. I think I put this on, the, uh, on there. Yeah, Revelation chapter 16, uh, chapter 19, verse 6. Uh, then I heard, John says, what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters, like loud peals of thunder shouting, hallelujah, for our Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory for the wedding of the lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean was given her to wear, stands for the righteous acts of the saints. Then the angel said to me, right, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the lamb. And he added, these are the true words of God. We are literally, listen, we are literally going to be married to Jesus Christ. Technically speaking, if we're going to be real technical, we're betrothed. We're betrothed. Okay? And, and, and we'll never get a thank God and you didn't, I said before, you never get a dear John letter from Jesus. I mean, the commitment, the commitment is sealed, it's done. We got the deposit guaranteeing what is to happen. And one day we'll be physically, physically joined with Jesus Christ. And the honeymoon begins immediately. And all expenses paid honeymoon for all eternity. For all eternity. Now, there's a couple more important things, and then I got to stop. Isaac, unlike other patriarchs, had only one wife. I think that's very fascinating. And Jesus has got only one bride. We, we are the object of his affection. We are. He's only got one bride. And I'll tell you one more thing. Don't miss this one. Rebecca was not a perfect bride. Rebecca, her family, Rebecca would end up, end up uh, well, her family and her, they, they were, they were, I won't even go into the details. She was very imperfect. And yet Isaac loved her and Isaac was willing to marry her. And here's how we close it out. We got to say this one together too. This is a good one. Come on, ready? But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And he loves us. What a wonderful, wonderful inheritance we have. And a Savior that's willing to marry the likes of us. That we might become co-heirs of Jesus Christ.
We're so blessed to be able to share the Word of God with you on each new edition of The Living Word. Thanks for being a part of our valued listening audience. If you'd like to hear today's message from Genesis again, please visit ccfstpete.church. Just click on Sermons to be directed to our YouTube channel. In fact, you'll find a number of messages from Pastor Danny on that page, and we encourage you to subscribe. As we wrap up our time with you today, we'd like to take a moment and offer you an opportunity to partner with us here on The Living Word. Would you join with us in praying for the listeners of this program? During this time of uncertainty in our nation, prayer is a powerful tool to combat fear and to promote peace in Jesus. Please pray that each person that hears these messages from the life of Jesus are touched and changed by His love. Please pray also for us. We want to continue following God's plan for this program no matter where He asks us to go. Would you also ask the Lord about contributing financially to the Living Word? If you feel led to give, visit our website at ccfstpete.church and click on the online giving guide under Forms. Any and all amounts are greatly appreciated and will be used to share the good news of Jesus' love for the world. Thanks for praying about this, and thanks for being a part of our time studying Genesis on the Living Word.